Live from NYC, human suplex machine. The one and only king. They stream it and they scream. It's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking. Everybody just wants more with the action. Hip hop Jones got the music blasting. Better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like Rover, he keeps it real. He's no joker. Original, he's no poser. No competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer. Cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right, all right, here we go. Had a little tech issue there. Sorry in the beginning there. We're rock and rolling on the Taz Show, baby. Coming at you right now. Special, special, special. Big, big show here. I think it's Wednesday. It's a Wednesday edition coming at you. So, uh, you know, we're uh, very excited here. We have a very special guest this episode. I'll get to that in a second. So uh, it's going to be great. We're going to talk a little bit about SmackDown. I caught some of it. I didn't catch the whole thing. And um, also got some, uh, some wrestling news at the beginning of the show. I'll hit some of that. Some football stuff I want to talk about. What the heck's going on in the Steeler locker room? That's a whole other story. I'll get into that. But as I mentioned, we do have a special guest that'll be on in a little while here on the Taz Show uh, live uh, via Skype. So, And he is uh, none other than the man they call the cleaner. Yes, that's Kenny Omega. Yes, Kenny Omega, a uh, worldwide sensation, a wrestler that is just... We're over-renowned, especially over there in Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, big, big, massive star for sure. And uh, what's going on with Kenny? We're not sure. Maybe we'll find out. Uh, will he be headed to WWE? Will he be headed to somewhere else in America to wrestle? Will he stay right where he is at New Japan? Well, we don't know. Will he go somewhere else in Japan? Who knows? Hopefully we find out today when we have Kenny Omega will be in this episode, on this show, I should say. Um, so, uh, and for those that are listening to the audio on demand, thank you. Okay, you're doing that either on Spotify, tune in, uh, play it. Um, what did I miss? I missed one spot. Uh, tune in, Spotify, I missed one of them. Whatever I missed, I missed. It doesn't matter. I'm everywhere. I'm all over the place. Or maybe TazShow.com, you're listening to it. Regardless, okay, if you want to watch the interview with Kenny Omega and you're not able to do it live or you didn't do it live, you can uh, do that watching the VOD at TazShow.com. We'll have a nub up there of the uh, interview with uh, Kenny. It's not even an interview. I shouldn't even say that. I'll get into that in a second. If you want to call the show here, it's a very, very easy process. People are already calling the show. Attention hotline fans. That's an 866-475-2948. 866-475-2948. I, don't, I even slipped... I said interview, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Lumberjack, Dennis Jones, Timber! producer of Taz Show, uh, welcome to the show, sir. I, I, I don't interview people, and I made a mistake by saying that. I thought, I noticed uh, my friend uh, Dave Shearer over at the PW Insider, he was so nice to plug the fact that I was going to have Kenny Omega on the show today, and he said, Taz will interview him. I don't interview. That's not your bag. I don't. I don't. It's not a Q&A Jones. I don't do that. You're a conversationalist. Conversational guy. We just talk. We chat it up. Muck, muck city. That's my thing. Muck, muck, muck city. Muck, muck goose. Yes. Muck, muck, schmuck duck. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but no, the thing is, I don't, I, you know, I'm not like, so uh, when you were 10 years old, you played t-ball. And then when you were 19, you were <laughs> on the track team. How was that? Well, then when you were 22, you were able to win the Junior Heavyweight Championship in Guam. I mean, like, I don't, I don't do this. I'm Are not those just, all facts? I'm just talking about people in general, <laughs> not Kenny Omega. But I'm just saying, like, I don't, that's not what I do. I have a conversation. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, that's not my thing. I just talk. I don't, um, it, you know, that's why I, I'm not into, I don't usually have guests. But when I have guests, I got to say, 
Some have even said it. I bring the wood. Yes. There's no doubt about it. I bring the wood. Let's be honest. The Taz Show brings it. Did a whole show yesterday. Nobody knew that Kenny Omega was going to be on today. You didn't know. I had no idea until <laughs> later in the afternoon. <laughs> Under wraps Jones. Yeah, it's kayfabe Jones. Yeah, that's the gimmick. Like I, I don't, you know, I, there's a, and actually, without breaking news, there, there could potentially be. Oh, look, you already, already got the, ooh. Double oh, break. There news. could be another special guest tomorrow in the show. Aha! That's a 95.3 percenter. Yeah. I'll take those numbers. We're not at 98% yet. We're close. We're close. Got to get full confirmation. That's how this works. I, I don't go out here and just shoot my mouth off like a schmuck. Okay, I make sure I got it locked and loaded. You know what I mean? And uh, speaking of being a schmuck and doing things the wrong way, I want to get into that uh, in regards to the uh, NFL. Yeah. Now, there's a wide receiver in the NFL, and he's a great player, and hopefully he scores 5 million touchdowns. Uh, you know, his name is uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, they call him AB. Uh, he's a great, great player. We know this. Okay, this guy, him and Bob, ben, uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, they have a great connection on the field, and... and it don't matter. This, this guy here, A.B., Antonio Brown, is a beast mode Jones. This guy is great. Great. I mean, me as a Bills fan, I wish to God we'd have this guy. I mean, him and Sammy Watkins tearing it up. Turn up, as the kids say. It'll be great. It happen. Never. Never going to happen. But as great as Antonio Brown is, and as big, because now I'm a big Steeler fan now, you know, because they're playing the Patriots. So as we need him. That's the thing. Now I'm doing the we. Big D. I'm doing the week. We need him, man. Terrible towel. We need him. We need him. We need him big this weekend. Big, big Ben fan this weekend. We need, oh, I love Ben. He's, I've been, yeah, after terrible towel with Jones. Hey, who had the towel on his head? Me. Come on. Let's be honest. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, yeah. Big Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steelers all the way. You kidding me? So I want AB to tear it up, but AB made a big mistake. Okay. He broke the code, as they say. He did something really dumb. For those that don't know, uh, he went in the locker room after their victory, and um, Coach Tomlin, uh, the great head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm a fan of Tomlin. Uh, I'm not as big as a fan as Terry Bradshaw is of him, for those that get the joke. Real quick, Terry Bradshaw called him a cheerleader type coach. Yeah, not a great choice of words. No, and Terry Bradshaw, for those that don't know, was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and uh, uh, as far as four-time Super Bowl winner, Pittsburgh Steelers, massive, massive, successful man. So for him to talk about someone else in the Steeler Nation like that, especially someone like Tomlin, who's won, I think, one Super Bowl, I believe, as a coach, right? One, yes. So, you know, for him to do that was a little bit like, ugh, you know, for Bradshaw. So I'm not hitting or hating on nobody here, but I'm just telling you that Tomlin's a great coach. He's a great leader, and he's pissed off. And rightfully so, he's pissed off. Because Antonio Brown broke the code. What Antonio Brown did after they won the game, okay, after they won the game, what happened was, he went on Facebook Live, meaning Antonio Brown, which is his prerogative. The problem is, he did it in the locker room during the coach talking about our upcoming opponent is the Patriots. Oh, my God. Day, night, cold, hot. I mean, listen. You can't do that. And no one knew he was doing it, meaning Antonio Brown. He was taping himself, making faces. The coach is ripping people from the Patriots, calling people names. He's because he didn't know. Tom didn't know he was on camera. He didn't know that his audio was on camera, I should say. So you can't blame Coach Tomlin. He's gonna bury everybody 
involved with the Patriots or any opponent because that's what coaches do. That's exactly that's what, basically what I do out here, coaches do with their team every day. You motivate through burial. That's how this is done. And Coach Tomlin buried some folks. So, and A.B. stoots it off without even knowing because he had the video going. I think we have some audio of the aftermath of yesterday of Coach Tomlin press conference, Jones. I'd like to hear some of this. He's pissed off, Coach Tomlin, correct? He's, yeah, he's not happy. He's a little hot. So let's not see. That. Let's hear some of this audio so, so fans can get caught up to date on what's going on here. Okay, first up, we have him just discussing it overall and his displeasure with Antonio Brown. Oh, do we? Okay, let's see. It was foolish of him to do that. Um, it was selfish for him to do that. And it was inconsiderate for him to do that. Um, not only is it a violation of our policy, it is a violation of league policy, um, both of which he knows. We need policies here in the Taz Show. I need, we used to have the Taz Show rules. I want to change this to policies. Like I need like NFL-esque policies to find you people here. Policy sounds worse. Oh, like, it's, it's rules, rules are one thing. That's like when you're yeah. a kid, you have rules. Yeah, exactly. When you're an adult, you have policies. Yeah, they're, they're word. So I think we need policies <laughs> here, like where we find people, F-I-N-E. And, and I, I, I think we need policies for sure. I, I agree with Coach Tomlin there. Uh, but no kidding aside, he's, he's red hot, bro. He, he's pissed off. I oh, mean, yeah. You can tell he's pissed off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like a friend of mine said to me yesterday, uh, not about him, about somebody else, he's hotter than the middle of the sun. <laughs> All right, so um, the thing is, he's hot. He's pissed. And, and, and he's basically, you could hear it in his tone. It sounds like, you know, like he's, he's, he's just warming up. I believe. We have more audio. Oh, right? yeah. Let's see. He's got to grow from this. Hold on, who's he? He has to. Uh, he works stop extremely hard. Stop it with the hard. pronouns, Steve. Stop, He's stop, stop, talented. stop. Why would Coach Tomlin use pronouns? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious he's only talking about one guy. It doesn't matter. He could never work for Vince McMahon. Never, ever, Tomlin, never. Obviously, I know Vince McMahon. Not possible. You can't do that. No pronouns. Done. Start from the beginning, sir. Sorry. Coming right up, sir. He's got to grow from this. Um, he has to. Uh, he works extremely hard. He's extremely talented. And those things get minimized with incidences such as this. Um, you wear on your teammates when they have to routinely answer questions about things that aren't preparation or football related. Well, that's a good point because, like, with his, you know, his teammates, you know, now it's a distraction. And the last thing you need going into a game with the New England Patriots Okay, who I just spars. The last thing you need is a distraction. And, you know, because there was some, I don't think we have the audio, but I know there was some, uh, some scuttlebutt from, from, of course, Tom Brady. He had something to say. And, and, and so did, of course, Edelman. You know, two big mouths, both of them. Okay, they had stuff to say. Did he take the balls and order the equipment guy to alter them? So Brady, you know, he's always got something to say. You know what I mean? So he, he's you know, Swami Jones. You know, he, he's like, uh, well, yeah, he said something like him or Ellen. One of them said something like, well, yeah, we, um, you know, that, that's how it is on that team over there. I mean, the Steelers, you know, whatever floats your boat, whatever. You know, basically, they don't, they're not involved with social media. They don't do that kind of stuff or whatever the heck one of those guys said. I don't even know. That might have been the worst quote in the history of entertainment that I just gave on because I didn't even give a quote for one guy I gave a possibly of two well <laughs> it was a good generalization one of yes. the white one of the white guys like- on offense said something about Antonio Brown and 
<laughs> and they just kind of dismissed him and said, ah, that's that, what Steelers do. That basically sums it up right there. Yeah, that's a good go. job. But the, 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 the shoot of it is, man, what Tomlin's saying is, look, you can't have distractions right now. You have to be laser-focused on, you know, defeating the Patriots up in Massachusetts. That is a very ambitious task. As much as I hate them, as much as I do not like anyone on the team, as long as they're wearing that, that Patriot uniform, and as much as I don't like the Belichick, I'm done with the tablets. I respect them. I respect how great they are and their legacy. And, and look, I say the stuff about these guys. Hey, look, if, listen, if Belichick can coach the Buffalo Bills, oh, I'm having a party. Oh, yeah, I'm running to his house. I'll, I'll buy the guy coffee every day, everything. Hey, coach, want a coffee? You know, I mean, every day. Kidding me? I'll be driving the guy around. I'll be his biatch. I'm just saying, as long as they're with the pets, I hate them all. Okay? You got to be focused, though. You can't divert away from that. And now that's the problem here with the Steelers, bro. I'm telling you. Can't worry about your Facebook likes. No, you can't. Now, I think we have one more bit of audio from Coach Tomlin because he went on. He went on. on. What's we got? Let's hear this. There are consequences to be dealt with from his perspective. Um, we will stop, punish stop, him. We stop, won't punish stop, us. Stop, please stop, stop, stop. Consequences, <laughs> consequences. That's another thing we need here on this show. Consequences. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Consequences is a good thing. We need consequences. No. Oh, oh yes. Because too many people run around here in the History of the Task show. Running around with their balls hanging out like it's all good. They don't care. I can do whatever I want. No one bothers the Taz show. We're Teflon here. Oh, we're big shots. We're big. No, we're not big shots. No, uh-uh. No, Dennis. No. All of us. Anthony's the same way as you. Okay. Remember the captain? He was like that, too. Buy a hat. Okay. All those guys. And Handsome Johnny, that guy was a mess. So, and I love him. Don't get me wrong. Test one, too. But the thing is, you guys all run around like you're big shots. Especially you, Dennis. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're smirking. You get the Taz rub, and that yeah. ego starts to swell. You guys run around like your big shots over here with Teflon. Teflon, Teflon. You're not Teflon. There's going to be consequences for all you guys. Just like Coach Tomlin's saying about Antonio Brown, same thing. Same thing. All right, you're making a note. Good job. Okay, good. Now, can we hear that audio, please? Thank you. Absolutely. There are consequences to be dealt with from his perspective. Um, we will punish him. We won't punish us. Wow. Um, and we'll do so swiftly, and we'll do so internally. Whoo, Nelly! Yeah, so see when he says we will we will punish, ooh, that's stiff. We will punish, he's like his dad over here. Um, we will not punish us, we will punish him. Really, there's no gray area there. I like that. Tom has become my new favorite coach. Um, uh, listen, what he's saying there is, I'm not going to bench this guy. You can't bench your best player. He's all, he, right. I mean, he's the best player, wouldn't you think, on their team? Him or Le'Veon Bell, it can be argued. But uh, either or, you're not, you're not benching Antonio not, Brown. No, 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 no. And that's I think I think that's what what coach means when he says we're not going to punish us. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you what, I respect it. I respect him going out there. Now, I believe that Belichick. We have some of that sound, right? I believe Belichick had a little response to this. Do we, now, how much? Do, tell me what we have, what we don't have here. How it's much? quick. He just uh, don't don't stooge it off now, please, sir, because there'll be consequences. <laughs> yes, that's my new word. Yeah, there'll be consequences. He just talks about. The, Can you please just give me an overview, sir? Don't stooge it off. He talks about the incident and just how, give me how Dennis, he feels. Just give me an overview. How he feels about social media. Who's he? I can't work for Vince McMahon either. <laughs> 
Obviously, I know Vince McMahon. Uh, How Bill Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots, <laughs> feels about social media. I'm not on Snapface and all that. Instant chat or whatever it is. Bro, <laughs> 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 oh, you already just said, I need to hear that again. I'm not on Snapface and all that. Instant chat or whatever it is. Instant chat. Snapface. Let me tell you something. Close. Snapface is my new word. Okay, snap face. Forget jobber. Forget slunker. Hey, what do you say there, snap face? Hey, no, snap face. What's up, snap face? I'm not on snap face and all that. Instant chat or whatever it is. Instant chat. Bro, he knows what these things are. He's working. Oh, he's, he's self-aware. A, he's total work city Jones, this guy. Just a worker. I love it. I love it. It's hysterical. I'm done with the tablets. The guy is over like Rover. Let me hear it one more time. I'm not on snap face and all that. Instant chat or whatever it is. <laughs> So, like, his deal is, and I got to say, all kid aside, you know, guys know I'm not a big fan of, of the guy, but listen, he runs the team. The right, he's arguably the greatest coach of all time. I mean, how, how could you argue that about this guy? Right or wrong? Well, about Belichick. You very much can make that case. He's arguably the greatest coach of all time. And, and you know, he keeps MFers in line. He don't play around. And I think Tomlin has an opportunity here to set the tone and create the right environment here. Listen, could you imagine wrestling this happen? This happening, I should say, where someone is in the locker room, unbeknownst to the rest of the guys in WWE, for argument's sake, and they have a their iPhone or whatever, and they're doing like a face uh, Facebook uh, live Facebook live Facebook live gimmick. <laughs> like I didn't do it all the time. I'm over here. I can't I'm not on Snapface and all that instant chat or whatever could you, it is. Could you could you imagine this? Like if like one of the boys are doing, it, forget about it, dude. You'd be you would be. How much heat you would get. Not You'd be fired. But before that, the, the talent, the, the rest of the roster, if you did something like that, bro, that's big heat. That's not done. You don't see that. There's a certain line. There's, of course, the key word is consequences. And Vince McMahon sets consequences. Trust me. I remember um, I remember years ago, I don't, I don't remember what year it was, but um, I think it was, I think it was Sean Stasiak, if you remember him. Show was a nice guy and all. I didn't know him that well, but a little bit I knew him. He was a good. He was a cool guy. You know, he was, he was cool. He was a good guy. He worked hard and all that stuff. He was a pretty good worker in the ring. Had a good physique and all that. Uh, big kid, you know, big tall guy, a good looking kid. And I believe he did something. I don't want to put the wrong thing, but he had tape, like audio tape, like as a joke. I guess some of the guys in the car. This before the whole social media live and all this other crap. And um, and buddy. Whew, that's like, and it got out somehow. I don't, I don't even know who was in the car with the guy. I don't know. I don't care. It's none of my business. I wasn't there. But I know that, man, he, you know, he pissed a lot of people off when that happened. Uh, that's a bad, you break the code when you do that. So, you know, so now like his teammates, Antonio Brown, so when they're getting interviewed, instead of talking about, you know, uh, uh, instead of talking about uh, to, to Le'Veon Bell about, hey, what do you got to do once you break that? You know, crack through that defensive line as you're running the ball, and then you got to deal with those linebackers on the Patriots. You know, what's your game plan? Now, instead of the media asking questions like that, they were asking about, did you know Antonio was going to do this? Does Antonio do this a lot? Uh, do you ever watch his Facebook Live? Do you ever, you know, whatever. I'm just giving, like, bad, oh, boy, bad questions. I almost fell down. It's a distraction. I almost fell down while I'm sitting in a chair. How bad is that, bro? That's, that's how distracted you are about this whole thing. <laughs> I'm sitting in a chair, and I almost fell down. Uh, yeah, no, no. So, anyway, um... I, don't know, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, that whole thing. I know uh, you were you went over to CBS Sports Radio yesterday, right? With the guys over correct. there, everybody was talking about it like that. Uh, yeah, it was. 
we're over there. It's more of ho hum. Let's get past it. Ho hum. Really? It's not. It is a story because it has to be. But it's just you know he was just being an idiot. He's going to get talked to. He's going to get fined. Move on. Mm. If he does it again, then it's a story. It's like Odell Beckham with the boat. That's a bigger story because he's got a history of boating. Of, of boating, yes, a, a great <laughs> yachtsman. But he's got a history of tomfoolery with the with the kicking net and all that stuff. So anything he does is a story. Mm. Antonio Brown doing this, it's like, all right, we're going to give you a pass here. I mean, you you picked a bad time to do it. Right, I'm sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure going into New England. Not the best time no, to, to be promoting no. yourself. No, 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 no. You can't do that. that that's just a bad move. <laughs> all right, so it's a little bit of wrestling news, some little chatter on the biz here. So apparently uh, Randy Orton was at the gym yesterday. I guess, I don't know, where was this? In Little Rock, wherever he was, somewhere down there. Because SmackDown, I think it was in. No, Little Rock was in Raw. Was Raw. Jonesboro, he might have been. I think it was in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is near Memphis. Not far from Memphis. I think that's where this happened. Apparently, there was a little incident with a fan that wanted an autograph or something or a picture with Randy while Randy was working out. And Randy kind of dissed the guy, apparently, that's allegedly, and told the guy, whatever, F off. You know, listen, I got to be honest with you. I know Randy Orton a long time. And I know Randy Orton's got a rep of he's not the uh, friendliest cat in the world when he meets people. I, I got to tell you this right now. Uh, they're, they're socially, uh, <laughs> From what I know of Randy and traveling with Randy, there's not a damn thing wrong with Randy Orton. Randy Orton is a very, 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 very good guy. Um, I've always gotten along great with Randy. I have not seen or talked to him in, in years. And I know when I see him again, we'll shake hands, laugh, hug, talk, reminisce a little bit, and move on. He's a good dude, man. So, listen, if guys in the guys in the gym and you're going up to him bothering him, that's just ridiculous. That's when you're eating... And in the gym, or with a family member, in public, I'm telling fans, leave these guys and girls alone. Leave them alone. You know, someone tweeted me yesterday. I, I, I uh, and I didn't get a chance to reply to the guy. I was, I went and got a cup of coffee at a joint down the road over here in, in the city. A little Tim Hortons action, right? You don't get much Tim Hortons, you know, in, in New York. It's like more of a Canadian. What kind of uh, donut did you get? I didn't get a donut, sir. You I, went to I, Tim Hortons and didn't get a donut? I didn't get a donut because I, I try to keep, I'm trying to, you know, keep my physique down. So, so. Doing I, a good job. I, thank you. I had a little, I had a little, little Java. And, and uh, there was a gentleman in there that recognized me, unbeknownst to me, because then when I, uh, when I was heading to, to, to the, the vehicles, um, I saw a tweet. Hey, I think I just saw you, buddy, in uh, Tim Hortons. I don't want to bother you. I know you were getting a cup of coffee, and uh, I just want to tell you I'm a big fan of yours. See, I'm just saying, like, and I want to reply to this guy, and I'll find his tweet and thank him for that because that was nice of him. Now, I would have hooked the guy up with a picture or whatever or signed it, whatever he wanted to do. But I'm just saying, if somebody's in the gym training or somebody's eating or somebody's with a, a family member, their kid, their boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, mom, dad, whatever, leave them alone. Trust me. Leave. You want to yell something? Hey, big fan. Bye bye. Give me your name. It's Fernand. Whatever you want to yell, that's fine. Don't. When you approach someone like that, you, 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 these are people. These are not machines. They're not the, just the characters you see on TV. You guys gotta. I, I don't want to stereotype. I hate doing that. You guys. I mean, because most fans are awesome, but you do get some people that get entitled and like, oh, Randy Owens a douchebag because he wouldn't give me an autograph in the gym. Oh, well, you know what? He wasn't working out. He was leaving the gym. Well, maybe he had a bad workout. Maybe he was training and his shoulder was killing him or his knee hurt or his back hurt, and he's got to wrestle tonight. 
and he's concerned about it and he's worried about how he's going to get through the injury. Maybe he's got a problem at home. Maybe, maybe who knows? So maybe it's because the guy is not all rainbows and butterflies because you wanted to take a picture with him or meet him. And then you go on social media and bury the guy about it. And then all the media sites pick it up and bury him too. But I'll tell you what, guys that have been wrestlers and been to the, to, to the epic area, area known as the WWE, <laughs> the highest, highest, my best friends, as we all know. People, let me tell you about my best friend. You know how bad and how tough the road is. It's a grind. And mentally, it wears you down. And you get a little testy at times. You know, and Randy seems like you know, people like to try to not provoke him. Because he's the last guy you want to get to a fight with. Trust me. He could be a nasty dude. Okay? Just, 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 I don't, you know, it's, leave the guy alone. He's working out. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Apparently, Randy tweeted out at the guy or whatever and said, get a life, whatever. I, uh, there's the tweet. It's on the, if you guys watch the video, it says, apparently, this is from Randy Orton's Twitter. Apparently, I hurt a fan's feelings. When I told him to F off at the gym yesterday, that's news. With a question, but that's news? Question mark, my bad. Uh, been happening for 15 years. Hashtag get a life. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't disagree with him. I mean, you know, really, I, I don't disagree. I got to tell you. And he says you're right there, right? I, it's been happening 15 years, meaning that he's, Randy knows that he's not going to be, you know, the most jovial guy when you walk up to him. It's not just Randy. A lot of guys <clears throat> act like that because they're just not in the mood. But sometimes fans, some fans, a small minority of fans, think that guys need to be and girls need to be in the mood all the time to embrace you and to be the, the well, I pay your bills. That's the best line. I think you get it on Twitter. Well, why are you getting mad at me? I've been supporting the show forever. I listen and watch the show all the time, Taz. I, I loved you when ECW champion. I loved you then when you were a SmackDown commentator. I loved you in TNA. And now you act like a douche. Well, maybe you acted like a douche first. I mean, every, you know, action gets a reaction. And that's where sometimes people get a little confused. A small minority of fans think that just because they're fans, that they had they have carte blanche to do and say whatever the F they want. And that's not cool. It's not the way it is. Not just with wrestlers, but anybody who has any sort of fame. Please, I'm just a genius. See, everybody knows I'm right. <laughs> All right, also, uh, in some other news, I know we're going to be a little late to break here, but uh, we got on the air late. That wasn't my fault, by the way, um, to all my bosses. So, uh, yeah, apparently there's some news about Michael Cole in, in, the, uh, you know, in the news, a little bit that saying that who knows his, what's going on with his on-air persona because he's doing a lot more behind the scenes uh, now in the WWE, uh, uh, helping uh, involve with announced talent and stuff like that, helping hire them. Uh, maybe because I'm kind of in a no in essence. This, to me, is not like a new thing. I mean, Cole has been there a long time, and he's, he's the voice of the company now, and, and he's been in a, a power position behind the scenes for quite some time. So I don't know, maybe just one of these guys got a stooge to say something to somebody. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's new news to them, but this is not new news. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't, look, I know Cole, you know, a long time. We've worked together a long time and all that. I, I don't. I really don't think you, you could expect this guy to be the voice of Raw, you know, for the, you know, in like if you're putting on Monday Night Raw in um, whatever, six years, 
I don't think Cole's going to be on the air, and that's going to be Cole's choice. Even five years, I, I, you know, he's been there a long time, twenty something years. Put your mic on, sir, please. Twenty something years. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's like you know, it's it's a lot, a lot of travel, a lot of talking, a lot of business, um, and all that kind of stuff. I got to go to break. I'm late to break. Okay, too late now. So all of a sudden, break. There's some other little news out there about Kurt Angle. Talk about some. Other people from the business putting Kurt over for his Hall of Fame deal. We uh, also talk a little about John Cena. Got some stuff on him, some funny stuff. And uh, also going to have Kenny Omega, special guest, live via Skype a little later on here on the Taz Show. Really looking forward to that. Pack, pack edition of the show, baby. Sit tight. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I say? I say, uh, stick it. Stick it. Yeah, that's right. Stick it to the cable companies and get your favorite TV TV episode for the season or individual, whatever you want to do. Own or rent. Only what you want and forget the rest. What the hell are you talking about, Tess? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my boys and my girls, my crew over at Voodoo. That's V-U-D-U. Go to Voodoo, man. Don't get pinned down with subscriptions or contracts. Voodoo is free to join. Own or rent only what you want to watch. Watch thousands of titles with limited commercials. That's freaking free movies anytime, anywhere you want. That's awesome, man. Everything from essential classics to sports documentaries. Voodoo, V-U-D-O, can't go wrong. Don't leave the couch and get a movie rent or own over 100,000 titles, up to 4,000 UHD directly from uh, foremost, I should say, smart TVs, Blu-rays, Blu-ray players, uh, streaming devices, and iOS and Android devices. That's Voodoo, V-U-D-U. Get on it, man. It's great. I'm telling you, I do the Voodoo thing, but they hook me up with a lot of stuff. I like the Voodoo. I watch stuff. I don't leave the couch. I sit down. That's my gimmick. I just lay down. I'm just a, just a slunker. And just watch Voodoo and just, ah, ha, ha, and I laugh and I watch stuff. Yeah, it's great. Voodoo. V-U-D-U. Yeah. And uh, so I was telling you guys, uh, in a little while here, we got Kenny, Mo- Kenny Omega actually at the top of the hour. So you spread the word on the uh, on the social medias if you guys want. And I didn't get a chance, and I apologize to people on the gimmick chat over at TashShow.com. I'll get on there in a little bit. I'll get to the phones, too. Very busy here. Very busy, Dennis. Big day. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can call the show if you want, 866-475-2948. That's an 866-475-2948. Uh, and it's going to get crazy. It's a little while here. We're going to have uh, Kenny Omega on via Skype, as I said. What else? Oh, I told you guys I was going to talk a little bit about um, uh, some stuff with uh, John Cena. It's actually pretty funny. Um, so apparently he was on the Today Show. I didn't see this. Was he just on the Today Show and he was squatting? Yeah, Al Roker? he squatted Al Roker, which... Is interesting. interesting in its own right. Well, I'm not that impressed. And and John is a very, very powerful, strong man. There is no doubt about that. Yes. He is. I've seen this man in weight rooms uh, and he when he was even younger, and he's a, a bull. So we know he's ultra strong. There's no doubt about it. Guy's had a great physique all the time. No one puts him over. For, his body is always, guy always looks great. Always. All, his whole career. I mean, you know? I don't think he needs to be put over for that. I think that's just been common, like... You right. see John Cena, like the first thing you think of is like great physique. But you take it for granted. The guy's got it, right? That so, you do. so it's hard to do. But what I'm not impressed with is that it's not the fat Al Roker. <laughs> you know, like if he, you know, when Al Roker was, Al Roker was like 400. The guy was like 400 pounds. Then I'd be impressed. That you would, yeah. That would have so, been something. Yeah, because he'd lift Al up and like struggling to dump him. 
I mean, and then squat him. It'd be hard. It would be funny, though. Like if you did lift Al, you know, and, and, and when Al was the big fat Al, and he just puts him on his back, and, and he starts to squat him. It's like, just, just you know, blow out at Yucca Flats. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, that'd be funny. But, no, it's the thin Al Roker. The they Al Roker, it's not impressive. What is Al Roker, 200 pounds? Come on, Cena. You're better than that. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, no, I'm just having fun with that. But speaking of squatting, I actually posted a thing on, which I rarely do, on my uh, Twitter account about my son. I was in the gym with him yesterday, and uh, he was doing a back workout, which I can't even keep up with the kid, right? He's 17 years old. He's, he's strong as hell. And um, he works really hard. He trains all the time. You know, he's a lacrosse player. And, and the thing is, man, uh, he's training his back, and, and I'm spotting him, and I'm doing some stuff with him. I mean, I'm kind of limited with some of the stuff I could do now because all the injuries and crap like that. But it's cool to just spend some time in the gym with him. I don't go to the gym with him as much as I should. He goes on his own, right? So he's in there doing back. And next thing you know, there's some guy leaves his weights on a bar, which, listen, anybody who works out, don't do that. Don't 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 leave your weights around. Clean up after yourself, you know? I mean, uh, my son left his dumbbells somewhere. He was, do, he was doing some hammer curls. He was doing back and then did some bicep work. And, and I, I just screamed at him. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. Don't do that. Don't leave your dumbbells around. Stop. You know, I became his dad. He's like, Dad, I know, I, I'm not done with them. I'm going back. I'm supersetting. Oh, my bad. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that. Oh, God. So I felt like a jabroni. But anyway, he's in the middle of doing back. And this guy leaves 225 pounds on a barbell and a squat rack. And it's like, I don't know, whatever, 20 feet away from us. He goes, watch this. I'm going to rep this out. I go, I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm thinking he's going to try and press it. Like, you know, it's not easy to press 225, he, you know, like over your head press. And then he uh, he puts it on his back. I'm like, dude, you didn't loosen up. He's like, uh, and I get my phone out. I go, I'm going to video this because I'm going to see, you know, I, I've never watched him do a leg workout. I know he trains legs at least twice a week. And then he starts repping out. He ended up, you know, he ended up getting like seven reps at 225 without a warm-up. And um, I was very impressed. His technique was great. He's learned well. I was proud of him, and I'm usually very tough on him. And he got mad at me when I put it on Twitter. He's like, why? I go, well, I'm sorry. He's, you know, he's, he wasn't mad that I put it on Twitter for that reason. He was mad because I could do a lot more weight. That's what he's mad. I go, no, dude, that's, that's for the technique you're using and your form. That's excellent weight for a kid your body weight. He's not even 200 pounds. You know, he's, he's like, I don't know, he's probably like, a, I don't know, he's 185-ish, 180-ish in that world. You know, for his position in lacrosse, he can't really get much heavier than that. He's got to be, you know, leaner and quicker, fast, you know. Um, so, you know, he's pissed. He's like, well, we, uh, well I got to go, I got to put more weight on, and you got to take more video, and we got to, you know, people on your Twitter can see that I'm, I'm very strong. I go, dude, you are strong. Stop. He does the reverse gimmick, so I put him over. He buries himself, so I put him over. All this trick in the book. Damn, I fell for two. Damn! Bitch, got me. Hate when a kid gets you. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, Miles in California, you're on the Taz show. What's up, buddy? Today, Miles. Today, buddy. Anytime, buddy. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? What's going on? What are you doing? You got me on speaker running around the house? What are you doing? <laughs> My phone fell. <laughs> uh, no problem. How are you doing, buddy? What's up? I'm the, um, first off, I want to give you some props. Yes. You called it on SmackDown that Mickey James was under the mask. You yes. called it. I give you that. And second of all, I love that main event. I want you to take, what do you think about the main event and Mickey James being heel, turning heel? I, I like the fact uh, Mickey is a heel because I've seen her work as a heel. She's excellent. Um, I like that she was under the mask. I think it fits. It helps Alexa. 
Mickey is an underrated, ultra-talented female. I think it helps give both Becky and Alexa a good rub. Uh, but I definitely like that uh, the heel heel with Alexa and uh, you know uh, and Mickey for sure. I love the whole thing, and I definitely think it helps. Uh, it doesn't hurt, I should say, Becky Lynch, because you know how can anybody scoff on that type of finish? The babyface is totally protected. And Miles, it, yes, the thing about Mickey the Mask, I believe it might have been a caller with me. I think Dennis was it a caller who said I don't want to take credit and hack. Well, I can't remember. Maybe Miles, maybe remember. Was it a caller? Who said it was Mickey? And I, I started thinking about it and, and built off of it. I believe, correct? Wasn't that what happened? It was a caller. I wouldn't remember the name. Right, right. But it was right. a caller. Right. Well, you see, that's what I do. I, I do the right thing. I give credit where credit's due. I, I'm not a, a piece of crap. I'm a good person. And Miles from California, thank you for calling and being a loyal fan of the Taz Show. I do the right thing, sir. And and that's what I did right there. So I'd love to take the credit, but I don't think that was me who came up with. I can't recall the caller's name. Can, do you know the caller's name? Not off the top of my head. Can you find out? Maybe you can't. All right, no problem. So anyway, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember his name. I'm sure I'm getting tweeted about him right now, but I can't recall his name. And what's the other thing I want to talk about? Oh, real quick, uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, so Kurt Angle um, recently was saying that if he come back to wrestle, whatever, he'd love to have a, one more match type of thing with AJ Styles. Which, you know, obviously these two men have had done battle in TNA, been there, seen it, awesome stuff. Uh, you know, some would say, well, Kurt Angle's not getting any younger. He's got a lot of injuries. You know, uh, listen, trust me when I tell you, I told you guys this yesterday, and I'll tell you again. Okay, Kurt Angle can go. I'm not saying he can go on a full-time schedule. Put him in a big match. I don't care if it's WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, whatever the heck, whatever big pay-per-view you want, and give Kurt. 15 minutes to go in there to tear it down with whoever, especially someone as talented as AJ Styles, you're getting a five-star match. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Kurt Angle will not only get through it, he'll get through it, you know, soaring. Okay? Soaring like an American eagle, pun intended. How about that? You want to go about it? You like that? Yeah. It's like, eh, that's not really an eagle. That, was, that sounded like Ghidra. Like, eh, you know, it's, it's, you're going to make a, you got to sound like, you know, it's going to sound like an eagle or like a falcon. Or sparrow, you kind of sound like a cockatiel, you know, like Bleh! you know, you got, you know, remember, you you got to do. Yes, that was better. You did a good job on that one. So I had to warm up the vocal cords <laughs> a little. That's a hard, that's a hard one to do right out of the gate. You got to loosen up a little. It takes me a couple oh, to get where I need to be. Oh, snap face. <laughs> so, anyways, oh uh, yeah. So I'm not on snap face and all that instant chat or whatever it is. So, so SmackDown. I, I caught most of it. Um, I, I didn't catch the the very very. Uh, I didn't. Catch, I shouldn't say. Let me back up. I didn't see talking smack. That's what I want to say. I saw the. I missed a little bit of the middle of SmackDown, but I saw the beginning and I saw Shane McMahon come out. I was wrong. I was wrong again on something. I said yesterday on the show that they would start SmackDown with a match. I thought for sure they would. Well, they started with a match, but they did like a friggin' 15, 20 minute promo segment before the match. I mean, that's kind of yes. what happened. Um, so it was, <laughs> it segued into a match. Um, you know, what was it? Uh, uh, Miz and AJ Styles. So, um, which obviously was a, was, a, was a good match. But the promos before that, okay, Shane coming out to, to announce that WWE title will be defended at the Elimination Chamber, whoever. And AJ comes out. Uh, uh, anyway, AJ comes out. Uh, not Cena, boom, Miz, Maurice, the whole kit and caboodle. 
you know, it, it goes into a match with AJ and Miz and all this jazz. Um, look, AJ's obviously AJ. Okay, he's, 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 he's just top of the heap. Miz, I've talked to you guys about Miz. The guy is underratedly awesome. I mean, underratedly awesome. And it don't matter who he works with. I did think it was a little funny that Miz in the promo kind of made fun of uh, Cena's, uh, Cena, made fun of uh, AJ's Southern Drawl. You know, which AJ's Southern Drawl, I got to tell you, I, to me it's not that bad. But he did this in Memphis, which was funny. And people left. Like, you know, <laughs> like you're in Memphis, Tennessee, and he makes fun of a, a you know a Southern guy with his drawl, and the people in, in the gimmick there, they, they're laughing. I just thought that was weird to me. I don't know. You ever been to Memphis? No, but the barbecue is delicious. Oh, yes, it is. I have been to Memphis, uh, and I've had barbecue there. I've been to Nashville, obviously, multiple times. I've had barbecue there. Uh, i got to tell you, when you go down to Texas, now this is sensitive stuff. There's different type of barbecue in that area of Oklahoma and Texas. It's a different style. I'm, not, I'm a Yankee. I don't know, the, but I know I like to eat it, you know, so I know that much. You know Favorite I mean? state for, for barbecue? Well, you're going to try and get me in trouble. See, because I oh. got I got fans all over the place. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Don't oh, answer that. Of course, no. I got an answer. I got to go with my man Jr. I've had I have had, had Jr. Smart. stuff. Yeah, of course. So down in Oklahoma, Boomer Jones. Yeah, no, of course. I mean Jr. I mean, yeah, no doubt. Jr. I tell you, his sauces, sauce it, sauce it. His sauces, like the chipotle ketchup he has and all that stuff. That stuff's addicting. His regular sauce. I'm not kidding. His stuff. You ever have his stuff? I I have, but I've never had like I bought it on the shelf. I haven't gotten it from him. Like, I'm sure we could organize. Hey, JR, Oof. the guys at the Taz Show would love to wow. try some of your new your new barbecue. Well, listen, right away, you think everyone is Chef Mike? You know, you, <laughs> I went one for one. I came I, into the first day, hit a, hit a home run, and now I think the world. Yeah, you got everybody cooking food for us now. <laughs> what, what, what's going on here? I mean, what, what, what are you kidding I didn't ask for barbecue. I just wanted the sauce. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Maybe on the set here, we put we put the sauce. Yep. What's, what's this slogan? Sauce it. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the slogans. But uh, uh, but listen, maybe. Oh God, I can see it now. People, fans are already probably tweeting. Jr. Send some Taz some sauce. It's not. See, it's not Taz. It's Taz's producer. <laughs> I don't want you to get in trouble for for my gluttony. Nah, Jr. Jr. He's a very good-hearted guy. So I've never thought. To, I mean, I talked Jr. a lot, and I, I and I'm gonna have Jr. again on the show. I mean, he's busy doing his. Show on Podcast One, obviously, he does a great job with his weekly podcast, The Ross Report, for sure. But I, um, yeah, I, I never thought to, to talk to him about that, to try and have, uh, you know what I mean, to have, uh, what do you call it, have some, on a set here, you know, some sauce. That might be, uh, that's a pretty good idea. I just think as much as we do wrestling, we're kind of delving into the food game as well. Really? I mean, Chef Mike, he, he's our, right now, he's our premier food guy. We're looking. We're looking to branch out. As great a job as Mike does, it'd be foolish not for us to explore all our options. Well, I have to tell you, um, you know this. You're in the know. And uh, uh, yesterday, uh, I got a call from a friend of mine that wanted me to do a cooking segment today. How about that? Not here on the Taz show. And it wasn't Rachel Ray. And it was not Rachel Ray. No, this person looked a lot different than Rachel Ray. I can <laughs> promise you that. Uh, but uh, yes, and that person is uh, none other that I couldn't make it. This is why it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. I had something. I had a conflict of an appointment that I have, and uh, I will do something down the road. But who I'm talking about? Yes, I am talking about none other than the Action Bronson. Yes. So uh, we're gonna try and do something together with some cooking stuff, and uh, I, I, you know, 
Uh, he's the man. And if, uh, even if you're not a hip-hop fan, trust me, Action Bronson is the man. Uh, I know you are a big fan of him. Oh, huge fan. And Action is uh, Mr. Bronson, Bronsolini. He's a huge wrestling fan, too. So he used to go to Yolks Lodge in Queens. Big he's, ECW guy. Yeah, yeah, big ECW guy, but still WWE. Oh, yeah. I know he was just recently in Japan. He went to one of the Japanese shows. Not, not New Japan. He went to somebody else's show. Uh, so he's a big wrestling fan. So, um, you know, he's a real New York guy, and he's a chef. He's a straight-up chef chef, Chef Jones. So, um you know, he wanted to do a little cooking with Taz. He does. He has a show on Vice. So, uh, you know, uh, you know. So. F, that's delicious. Yes, I, I, can, I don't want to say the name, but you're <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's uh, he's the man, though, bro. So he wanted to do a little cooking gimmick, and I was in. I was in, but I just couldn't do it. I said, you know, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm doing things. You know what I mean? I, I, I wanted to be in, but it was just, I didn't have enough time to prep what he wanted me to do. Too busy to eat? No, I know, but I couldn't make it to where I had to go do this. You know, at the time that I need to be there, I couldn't make the appointment, sir. I know people here at CBS, especially you and Video Brian, you guys think I'm like a magician. I can make anything happen. I can't. I'm human. I'm human, I say. I, I can't. I can't. I'm trying to get back into talking about SmackDown here, but you diverted me. I got Kenny Omega coming up here in a few minutes. You got me all over the place. You got me so, talking about food, and I get sidetracked. Sorry, sir. Ah. So then uh, we saw, speaking of, I mentioned Randy Orton before, we saw Randy Orton and Dean Ambrose. They went at it. I mean, I, I'm not going to get into the nooks of Ukraine and everything because I don't have time. But I, I uh, a couple things um, that, uh, you know, to me that uh, that jumped out was the Jerry Lawless segment, uh, the King's Court, you know. Now, you know, Jerry was wearing his King garb and all that stuff, um, and he had Dolph Ziggler on the thing. I, I kind of, now you and I were talking before the show, Dennis, that uh, we both liked the fact that they went to the heart attack route. When I loved it. They showed that foot. So did I. I think that, that good heat for Dolph. Yep. You know? Absolutely. And if anybody understands how to get heat, it's Jerry the King Lawler. He knows. He's done that for his whole career. So he, I'm sure he. this was part of his idea, I would assume. I mean, because he knows. He knows what he's doing. Um, I did think it was kind of funny because if you know JBL, it's even funnier. Um, that JBL went to get up and help Lawler and he fell. He stumbled at the announce desk. So some people on Twitter were like ripping uh, Harvard, um, Otunga. Uh, they were, yeah, I know. They were ripping him because when they go over a break or whatever they did, they come back and do it on camera, and and there is JBL in a sincere form, pissed off at Dolph Ziggler, what he did to the legend Jerry Lawler, and all this kind of stuff. Which JBL was great. JBL can turn serious uh, really quick and does it really well, obviously. But Otunga, the timing of that that little sarcastic joke was probably not the best timing. And people were ripping, ripping uh, Otunga to me on Twitter. And I didn't really have a chance to respond. But they were saying, how dare he do this? And Jerry's uh, Lawler's in trouble. And, and, and JBL's talking about his friend. And listen, guys, look, if you listen to the way <laughs> Otunga said what he said, this wasn't even Otunga's joke. I, I can assure you, without getting into details, someone told him to say that. And I know who that someone was. And it was funny. And trust me, behind the scenes, I bet you JBL was laughing his ass off, as would be Lawler. Trust me. You, some of you guys get a little too crazy. It's just, it's okay. I agree with anybody who bitched about Otunga. The timing was bad. But you can't blame Otunga. Trust me, in that one there, he's doing his job. Do I think Otunga's a good color commentator? No. Do I think he belongs anywhere near ringside, near a wrestling ring, talking about wrestling? Absolutely not. No way. 
That might upset my friends at the WWE. I don't know. That could. It is what it is. I got to keep it real up in here, as the kids say. People let me tell you about my best friend. He's not very good. I do think Otonga is pretty good in the studio setting. When he does studio shows, pre-show, post-show, Jones, that type of stuff. Ringside stuff, calling action, uh, elevating talent, elevating storylines. It's not his thing. It's just not. But, you know, I guess they hell bent on trying to get him over with this and get him better at it. So if he gets fed a line by somebody, a little birdie, to take a little, make a little joke at JBL, trust me, JBL makes enough jokes on his own that he deserves one back. I do think the timing wasn't good, you know, but, but I, I, I laugh only because I've been in Otunga's role and JBL's role. I've, I've tripped up getting up to the announce desk. And, well, how does that happen to a wrestler who's athletic and fleet foot? I'll tell you how it happens, okay? Under that announce desk, what you guys don't know, there is a ton of wires. Wires everywhere. And sometimes, believe it or not, there could be a guy under there. Yeah, that's right, a guy. Sounds a little crazy. But it could be a guy, an audio tech, working on if there's a problem with a feed, and he's under that table working on the mics, wiring while you're working. That's happened. I've been doing shows, even TNA, and I'm like, what the... You know, there's a guy, and the guy smiles, got a flashlight. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Watch this. Oh, what are you doing? Ah, what you know, look. It's what a lot of people don't know about the Taz show is we actually have people <laughs> under us right now. Oh, nah, here at CBS, the Taz show, we don't have people under us. We have people on top of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the man called The Office. They're holding us down, bro. Thumb down Jones, but I don't want to get into that. They're trying to kill us, bro. We're not, gonna, we're not giving up, though. No, we're fighters. Man against the machine. Yeah, it's us. So, uh, look, JBL got up. He tripped up. He fell down. I get it. It was funny. I know that. And 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 they ha- they didn't know he was going to do that. He didn't know he was going to do that. The camera shot was shot in a way so you could see JBL getting up from the announce desk. So they, <laughs> I'm laughing because I know how I know what happens behind the scenes, and I guarantee you the truck popped. Uh, everybody in the grill position just cracked up. I, I I promise. Will you stop? Everybody had to be laughing, <clears throat> and the one leading that laughter was Vince McMahon. I promise. So because uh, it was funny. I mean, how do you not? Like it's supposed to be the serious moment. I, He's going to save his buddy. <laughs> the, the last thing you want to do is trip. I felt bad for him. I did, but I was sitting home. <laughs> and he watching. was a professional. Like no, he was. If it was me, I would I, I would have been like, oh, screw it. He was a <laughs> sorry, King. He was a professional. He handled the right. We stayed in character, but it was it made it look more real. But it's easy to get tripped up. There's stuff hanging by your feet. It's also your chair. I talked a long time ago about this on my show. It's on a pad. There's actually a pad under the announce desk. Um, that was a Shane McMahon thing because if guys are diving through tables from the top rope, always have a pad there in case something happens and you don't hit the cement so you protect the guys a little bit. So now you got a chair on wheels that's on this rubber like wrestling, amateur wrestling mat. Okay, just do the math. It doesn't roll well. So the chair could get stuck. You could trip on the chair. I'm telling you, it's not. And you're wired up sometimes. It's hard, it's a lot involved. It's not like you guys think. Right? You're just sitting there. Yeah, right. You're just talking. You got wires on. You got a mic phone in front of you uh, on your headset, I should say. And, and sometimes you're, you're wired with a, a different mic. And you got guys underneath the table. You got wires there. Am I defending JBL for tripping? Absolutely. Because I've tripped. I'm telling you. It's not his fault. I promise. So, uh, and, and you know what? Hey, I'll be the first. Not to wave Otunga's flag as a commentator, trust me. But in that case, a lot of you guys are getting on him. It's not his fault. 
he can't shake off something that he's fed. I'm just telling you that. I'm just I'm pulling back the curtain. I'm just being honest. Pull back the curtain, Jones. All right. We got to go to break. I believe we will have uh, Kenny Omega live via Spike here on the Taz Show. Uh, the cleaner himself will be here. So uh, we'll be in break. We're going to connect with uh, with Kenny and uh, get rock and roll with that. I'm excited about this. I've actually never spoken to Kenny Omega. I've actually, I don't think I've ever met him. I might have. I don't recall. Maybe when he was younger. I don't know. I met a lot of guys over the years. I don't mean that disrespectfully. But it could have been a long, long time ago. But um, um, I don't know if we ever met. But I know I've never spoken to him like on the, on the show. Obviously, he's never been on the show. So I'm excited about this. You know, a lot of people are running around happy about this, right? Excited to hear oh, the show. Oh, it's big, right? Antony and I were, were very excited. Yeah. I mean, especially after his match at Wrestle Kingdom. It was, it was a most it's unbelievable. A, it's a big deal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, well, we're right back here on the Taz Show. Sit tight. Kenny Omega, live via Skype. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we're back here. One hour down, one hour to go on a Taz Show. Streaming and screaming live at TazShow.com. You can watch every day. Watch live or listen live, or you can check out the VOD. Every single day it drops at TazShow.com. Full show, clips, the whole gimmick. You also got uh, listen to maybe listen to audio and audio on demand right now, the podcast version. We don't normally say podcast. That's not a word we use on the show. It's sacrilegious. It's a curse word. That word sucks. The show is not a podcast, bitches. Learn what's going on here. It's a live video show, and I'm over like Rover. My crew sucks, but I'm a stud. I'm the man. And in a second or two here, speaking of studs, we're going to have the man of the hour, Kenny Omega, live here via Skype. Very excited to have him on as a guest. I have a lot of respect for this cat. No doubt about it. He's getting it done, man. So, uh, Rock, we got Kenny up and uh, we're ready to roll here on the Skype. Let's go. Let's bring him up, man. Hey, Kenny, what's going Hello. on? How are you, brother? Welcome, man. I appreciate you jumping on. <laughs> good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, sir. Good, good, good. First, I want to say uh, a lot of respect for you, man, because... Uh, you know, you've built this, uh, not just this persona because of what you can do in the ring, but you're, uh, you have a beyond a cult following. You have a massive following, and I respect that. And what I mean by that is you've done that, and no disrespect to none of the other wrestling companies, but without the power of the big machine of one of the North American-based companies like a WWE. And you don't see that much in this day and age, but through the power of social media, and through the power of <laughs> your work ethic and your abilities, I'm very impressed uh, how over you are, bro, for so many years. That's not a new thing, bro. People know your deal and how talented you are, and I have respect for you as a former wrestler to a current star. Uh, great job. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's been a struggle. It hasn't been easy. It's not been an overnight thing. Um, and I'm just very thankful that people do um, watch what I do, and they follow my results wherever I am on the globe. And... Um, that you don't necessarily have to be in a big company to make a huge difference. So, well, and that's that's yeah, exactly you're exactly right, and that's my point. And and you know you've proven that. And and uh, you know again, it's it, your in ring work is uh, something to see. I mean, for those that aren't familiar, which I'm sure everybody is, but I might might some I might have some old school ECW fans on here that maybe don't watch New Japan or watch maybe they haven't seen your work. They will now. And uh, and you, I don't know who inspired you. I'd like to know because I don't, you know, 
I, to me, like, I'm sitting here, you're one of the boys, I am used to be one of the boys, so I guess I'm still one of the boys, so, like, who, not to be an interview, but, like, I'm curious, right. like, who inspired your work, man, because your stuff is just, I watch you work, and I'm like, yo, I could never do what this guy did in my best day. <laughs> so. Oh, come on now. Um, I I believe when I really made a turning point in my career, I made a conscious effort to be very original. I didn't want to be uh, mimicking anybody, and I didn't want to come across as like a B-grade, you know, insert name here. Right. But uh, when I was really trying to develop my own thing, I was studying, I think, more than anyone, Shinjiro Otani mm. from Japan. Uh, I loved the way that he sold in particular. And how even though he was doing very basic maneuvers, uh, he had a very original snap to them. Something that made it original and unique to him only. Uh, I find especially on a lot of in a lot of wrestling these days that a lot of the moves. I mean, you can't you can't come up with new moves anymore. Oh, it's, almost, it's almost, almost, every, almost impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But now the moves that are being performed, they all look the same. It doesn't matter if one guy does them or another guy does them. It, it looks the same in either case, so you can't differentiate which guy is doing it. So I like to add a little snap to things. And Shinjiro Otani was the first guy that I saw that said, "Wow, you know, when he does a drop kick, it's it looks different than you know, mm. um, you know, your your textbook looking drop kick that almost." You know, seventy percent of wrestlers do. Right, right. Or when he does any kind of suplex, you know, he has a little different snap to it, or it's faster, right. or there's some. Yeah. So, um, I guess at the grassroots stage of me developing what I do, uh, he was a big inspiration. Hmm. And from there, uh, you know, you probably hear this from a lot of people when you ask the question. But a guy like Shawn Michaels, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, Mick Foley was another huge um, inspiration I didn't expect to hear you say that, but I'm curious. Why, Mick? I know Mick for like ever, and I'm shocked. It's like Mm -hmm. your style, his style, polar opposites. (laughs) Right. Uh, I I could go a little more into detail. Um, Of course, the styles are a little different, but I like the way he approaches matches, and um, specifically for the way he transitions things. There's always a rhyme to the reason. And it's not just he's going from a move to a move to another move. Right. Uh, I find that the way he gets from point A to point B to point C, there's a, there's always a reason for it. And I always appreciated how it was different in every match, too, dependent on the theme. Well, Kenny, I got to tell you, I, I'm so here to, so glad to hear you say that because I talk about that a all the time here on my show, the little transitions in between move to move are which make or what makes stars, and and those are the things that come with experience. And you, you know, you have a, a you played your dues, and you've had a, you have a plethora of experience. So when you can nail down the transitions, dude, that's the key. And you obviously done that. But for younger wrestlers, I think sometimes you'll see that they're jacked up, they look great. But and they'll do great, cool moves, and that that could be a you know a, a a gif or a vine or whatever the heck. But you know what? What are they doing in between those moves? That's where you get over, right or wrong? Right. No, I I totally agree, and I love just like the next guy. I love being able to go in my timeline and seeing a gif of something that looked really cool in my match, and you know for that couple seconds in time. Uh, that sequence of moves or that one move or whatever look great, and that's a good feeling, and it's cool to show people, especially in you know the digital world that we live in. Right. But um, I'm more so proud of my my full product, you know, the complete match from start to finish, and I definitely value you know the selling and those in between moments a lot more than the actual moves themselves. And I think, like I said before, you know, Mick Foley was so good at doing that that I could go back and watch matches today, and I'm learning a lot. Mm. 
Well, that's funny you said learning, man. I mean, you're 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 a pro for a long time, and it's like I, I learned that to be honest with you from Vince McMahon many years ago. You're you're never you're never done learning. I mean, I've heard Vince say that about himself, and it's true. Like if you think not just you, but people in general, like in the business, if a guy or a girl thinks that they've capped and they've learned all they've done or all they've won a plethora of championships and yada yada yada, if you think you're done there, you're crazy. Not you, but per, someone in particular. You right, know what you're of course. Yes, that, that's key right? to, to keep evolving, and and you you reinvent yourself all the time, and you know you do something too. You know when you hit a big high spot or a big dive or whatever that pops the audience and it's insane you do something that not a lot of guys do and you know i'm sure you know of sabu obviously and sabu is a guy who did this great and you do the same thing where you almost outsell the guy that you hit the move with you outsell him in your cell i, I love that oh <laughs> thank you I, a lot of times i'm just in the moment and you really have to take those moments to to feel the crowd and react from there uh another thing i believe sort of plagues modern day wrestling is that everything is it's either over agented or it's overly scripted perhaps or yes. overly choreographed where it's to a point now where people are kind of choreographed the timing and their reactions to a move which i think has to be really organic you have to really feel those moments yourself yes it's so true and you know you spoke about uh Inspirations, but you like for me, a guy named Hiro Hase was an inspiration for me with suplexing way back. And I watched him in that Japanese style and guys with that strong style, which we hear so much about. And I, I myself worked for New Japan, you know, years ago, just a few mm -hmm. tours, nowhere near as much as you. But, uh, and I know it's changed, the company's changed since then. Uh, but still, what I appreciate what New Japan does, and I don't have to be there to know this, I could tell by watching matches, they're not micromanaging the talent. And I think no. that's a huge thing, correct? Yeah. Um, there are certain cases, of course, where talent has to be monitored a little more so than the next guy. But uh, in my case, which has been great, I've been given a lot of freedom. Especially in the past year, they've trusted me uh, with the direction of my own character, with the little in-between things. Uh, if I had something that I want to say on a microphone or in a promo, um, of course, you know, we don't really have uh, a ton of English speakers, but they do trust me in my own English words to get the program over, to get the angle over, or, you know, to put the show over in the way they want it to be put over. Uh, and, and I think it really helps me to be me yeah, and, and not to be some other character, which, you know, wouldn't be as successful as me being me. Well, that's the toughest thing, and and I think, and I, you know, hey, if you don't mind, I'll discuss the white elephant in the room, right? So a lot of people are wondering what's going on with you, and and I've talked about you, uh, just that great match you had with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Congrats on that; that was tremendous. Um, you know, and I and I've said, look, a, a oh, guy, thank you very much. Uh, yes, a guy like Kenny Omega in the WWE, because that's what people you hear it. You know, let's be honest, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. No matter if it's NXT or, or, or Raw, SmackDown, whatever, God, you'd be uh, we're seeing the success of AJ, letting AJ be AJ, and that's cool. But I, I've seen AJ really, and you you know also, like when AJ, I don't know how to word this to be politically correct here. You know, there is still a little bit of a leash on AJ, right? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, a little bit. You know, and I and my thing is with a guy like you, you, you can't, you, you got to let a guy like you go in the ring, get on a stick, go in the ring, and do your thing. And and maybe the WWE, as we know it, is changing. And maybe if something like that happened for a guy like you, they would let you just let your hair down and do your do your stuff. I mean, when I was employed by the company uh, in 2006, that was always what I wanted to prove to them was that 
I could do what you guys want me to do. You know, I could you could make any character that you want, and I can try to do it to the best of my ability. However, what I really wanted to prove to them, and I had to leave to do this, I had to prove that, you know, the ideas in my own head were ideas that were good enough to make money. And uh, it's strange that I wanted to show to WWE that, hey, you can trust me. Um, and by doing that, I'm, I'm going to leave to show you. Right. Uh, you know, it wasn't a malicious, there was no malicious intent whatsoever with that. But um, you, when I was you were, with, mo- you were motivated, correct? I mean, that sounds like what you're saying. Definitely, yeah. I wanted to prove it to them, I wanted to prove it to myself that I was better than what they thought of me at the time. Mm. Which, which of course, I understandably, they didn't think much. I didn't have any sort of indie notoriety. I was just some dude that they found, they found at a, a wrestling camp in Eldon, Missouri. I wasn't a big guy. I wasn't like a body guy. Mm. They, I was just an unknown and... Um, just some dude that was really trying hard in the developmental scene. And uh, even on uh, developmental shows on their TV, I was just an enhancement guy, essentially. So um, they missed there the wasn't... Boat. I think they missed the boat a little bit. <laughs> I mean, but I, I don't... It's hard, yeah. though. It's hard to tell. I, I, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame them whatsoever. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm teasing. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, know. I know. It is hard. People would be like... That's like real quick story. Like, they get, you know, Matt Lauer, right? The big, big-time big broadcaster. He's a world-renowned guy. He he tried out as a WWE announcer many years ago, and he got turned down. They said, ah, he don't have it. <laughs> Look at him now. Right, you yeah. Know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that happens. It, it, it's unfair to say about WWE, ah, they missed the boat. I was sarcastically joking, but it's hard right. to tell. And you get a chance to do what you've been doing over the years. Uh, it's so impressive, and, and you overcome on things. And i got to tell you something else I wanted to tell you, and I've talked about uh, about you, like with the whole Bullet Club deal, which I'm a mark for, okay? And when uh, you know when Finn left the gimmick there, you know uh, it was a big deal. Oh, my God, he's in charge of the Bullet Club. Then AJ took over the Bullet Club. Oh, my God, now AJ leaves. Now Kenny Omega is going to be in charge. And I knew, I knew exactly who you were. I'd seen your work. I was a fan of your work. But I said, oh, I was like, ah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for this guy, Kenny Omega, to mm-hmm. be in charge of this thing after those two guys did it. And by God, you've done it and done it big time. So uh, I'm very impressed with that, brother. Seriously. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I believe far above you know, trying to live up to what those two had done. Because there are, b- both of them in their own way, are just extremely fantastic wrestlers and i wouldn't want to be you know the second string prince devon i wouldn't want to be the second string aj styles right uh i wanted to just kind of carve my own path and be not someone that was trying to be better than either one of them but just try to be someone that was different and be successful in that yeah so you know what i love dude i mean again I, i don't know you you don't know me but you know, I gotta tell you, and I, 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 I'm such a fan of someone because I, I believe in this. You know, and I wish there was more of this, of you trying to be innovative and be original, and 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 you have done that. And I tell you, that is, and we talked about it, you and I just a few seconds ago, but it's like, that's a lost art. And the more I'm talking to you and hearing you and feeling your vibe, dude, it's. You got that. You got that originality thing, and that's huge, man. Don't ever lose that because that's it. A lot of these cats today, man, and they they, they can't. They don't have that creativity. I'm not, and, and I'm a, I, I don't disrespect wrestlers. I'll come out here and I'll bury different wrestling companies creative on certain things. And I'll put them over too, but I, I'll very rarely bury the boys because I always give the benefit of the doubt to the wrestler, you know. But but mm. for me, I do think some of the younger guys need to be more creative and innovative. And if they hear or watch this chat, what you and I are doing, they'll see that coming right out of you. I mean, I, I think the problem is that 
it sucks to say that it is a problem, but it somewhat has become one, is that uh, the boys love the business, and they love the wrestling end of the business, and they're almost, even though they may be in a prominent role within, uh, you know, insert company name here, they're still, at it, at its core, a wrestling fan. And I think when you're a wrestling fan, but being a professional wrestler, you still sometimes act a way in a way that a fan would, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Where, whereas you're gonna do, you're going to wrestle like you think wrestling should be, or like how you grew up to come to love wrestling. So in the end of the day, you're still going to be mimicking something that you'd seen or that you are a fan of personally, rather than innovate and, and move something forward in a completely different and creative direction. Mm, yeah, well said, well said. And I, I, and I, I do think that as a competitor, that's vital. If you don't have that, it's not that you're not going to succeed, but you're all, no. not, you, you can succeed, you know? But I, of course. I, you know, really, I mean, I, I, we all were inspired by certain guys, and, and you, mm-hmm. you just got to bring out that, in, that, that it being innovative. And, you know, you're doing that. And you, you went and went to Japan and had this, and still have this, this crazy success. And with this language barrier, initially, your first couple of tours, dude, that had to be a bitch. I, I know that had to be hard. Yeah, it was difficult. I was stationed um, kind of right outside of Tokyo originally, too. So it was a very, um, it was a very old school and very uh, senior citizen um, kind of area. There's a lot of older people. There wasn't a lot of technology around where I was living. Mm. So um, it, not, not that there's anything wrong with having right. old people around you, but but <laughs> it's more the it's more no it's more the younger generation that can speak a little bit of English. So if ever I was in a jam, if I was lost, or if I needed some kind of translation or direction or whatever, these old people um, they couldn't help me. So I was really just in a sea of humanity amongst people that couldn't help me or yeah. uh, direct me. Yeah, it was yeah. it was rough for the first couple tours, but then we moved and. You know, I really, uh, you know, got my toes wet in actually learning the language. So making baby steps towards actually speaking and communicating. And How did it, uh, Kenny, Kenny, how, if you don't mind me mm-hmm. asking, dude, how did it start, like, like if, if you don't mind getting into it any way you want to? Like, who, sure. who obviously, we all have had people who've helped us get to certain yep. spots in our careers, right? So obviously yep. somebody, somebody assisted in getting Kenny Omega locked and loaded with New Japan some way, somehow. So from oh. jump, like the grassroots, how did that happen? Well, uh, I had started I started with a promotion called DDT in Japan, and they were an indie, uh, not known as a major within the country. And um, I, I, I loved being there. Those guys were like my family. And together with my partner, Kota Ibushi, who um, some of the viewers – would either know from from his time in Japan or from perhaps the CWC. They know him. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's a fantastic performer, he's one great. of the best. Yep. yep. Yes. Uh, it was really our goal to make DDT uh, a more of a household name in Japan. We wanted to make it bigger. We wanted to get out of our, um, you know, 100, 200 seat buildings, and we wanted to expand and grow. Uh, and as we grew and grew and grew and grew and grew, promotions like New Japan and All Japan, they took notice. So they started to, uh, DDT started to lend us out. And we were doing like, you know, uh, a spot show or a spot tour here and there. And then we got over to a point where they were starting to put belts on us. Mm. And then we became more like permanent fixtures. We weren't contracted, but people sort of 
accepted us as as kind of a member of their roster. Um, yeah, so after DDT had become big enough to run Budokan Arena in 2012, I'd right. started to kind of look towards, you know, what what is the next step now? I've made this investment in my career from 2008 till 2012 to help this small company grow into this big company. And I never really, you know, kind of looked at how it was going to help me, you know, Kenny Omega, help my career right. and help me personally. Um, it was a small indie, so I wasn't making much money. And, um, you know, I was getting older and older, and, and time was not on my side. So I really wanted to, to make a stride and do something more for me at that point. And we had uh, positive ties to New Japan at that time. DDT had positive ties to them, and I had asked DDT, um, yeah, I'd love to still do shows with you guys here and there, but what what about me possibly going there as a DDT representative mm. or just as me, you know, cutting, cutting ties, you know, amicably right. and me working full time with new Japan. And, um, they had said, okay, um, we understand. And, you know, we'd like to wish you the best in that journey, but you know, we'd like to build a story to your eventual departure. So there was a one year story of me helping the younger talent, um, develop and, and nice sort of rise to ascension. And that was a lot of fun because um, at the end of the day, that's maybe one of my most fun things to do is to build up younger talent. And, you see what you um, just said, though, Ken. You just said something pretty cool, bro. And <laughs> it's basically, I don't know if people really caught it. I caught it instantly, but you, you basically left somewhere and you left the right way. You see, that's, uh, that's the key. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> as best as you can. I mean, like yeah. I said, these guys were like my family and they had taken care of me. They were the first company to take a chance on me. Um, and I guess they they saw something, right? You know, that, and when these things that I was talking about when I was in developmental, I I knew I had something to offer, I had something to give. But if you have no one to believe you, then you have no one that's going to give you the ball to show it. And this is one of the first promotions that actually said, you know what? I do believe you've got something to show these people. So here you are, show them. Um, so the last thing I wanted to do was to to burn a bridge or to. Um, to do something dastardly just to advance my own position in wrestling. Right. That was, that's smart because, you know, we've both seen many uh, guys and girls over the years uh, break ties with certain companies, no matter if they're big or small, mm-hmm. in, improperly. And uh, burning bridges, which there's, there's not a lot of bridges, as you know, in the game, right? No, so, not so, anymore. <laughs> no, it is not. And so you don't want to do that. You know, it's hard. I mean, I know when I left ECW right years ago to go to WWE and – they saw something in me, so I didn't want to just burn them. Jeez, I, I, bro, I did jobs for two months on the way out the door, like, <laughs> like, yeah. like a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I said to Hamer, I go, dude, what happened? I used to be like a Teflon. They go, well, you're leaving. I go, okay. So I guess I really was never Teflon. So, <laughs> but it changes. But you got to leave the right way. And and I, younger wrestlers or people that are inspired maybe by you to become a pro wrestler, uh, they're hearing or watching this, and they understand that if things work out for you. You got to do the right thing and part ways the right way. Mm. You, you never know what your next book is going to be. <laughs> right? No, you you really never do. And um, I, I think at the end of the day, too, especially nowadays, um, actually, in, in in history, you it was perhaps different. But now, I really do feel that nice people um, are getting a bigger break in wrestling. You know, the people that do things the right way, the people that are good to other people, the people that are kind to their fans. Um, that are just kind in general, 
they are doing better than someone who's like a you know a snake in the grass type of wrestler and stabbing everyone in the back. Those days are are kind of are finished. I think. I think you're right. Uh, you, you can't. I don't think you can do that anymore. I I, I got to say I, I came up in the business around a lot of that, and and there mm. was a lot of that, and it's. Uh, it's unfortunate, but you know, I, I think you make a great point. That those those days are coming gone. Um, listen, brother, I got to go to break. Can you can you sit sit tight for, and come back? I can. Break? You yep. can. No problem. Listen, yep. I'm I'm just letting you know. Uh, people want to know what's next here for Kenny Omega, so I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm giving you the heads up. I'm gonna ask you that okay. on the other side of the break. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll be right back here on the Taz Show with Kenny Omega. Sit tight. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we are back here on the Taz Show, uh, live right now on this Wednesday edition. If you listen to the audio on demand version of the show, I appreciate that. If you're watching the VOD, I appreciate that very much. I also appreciate the current guest that was just joined me for the first segment. Well, the previous segment, I should say, and into this current segment. And that is none other uh, than the worldwide phenomenon known as Kenny Omega. Uh, so, uh, Kenny, brother, so check this out uh, before I, we get rolling here a little more. So on the uh, social media gimmick uh, mm-hmm. right now, we got some good news, like what's going on. Um, you know, okay. some, sometimes this happens for us on the show, uh, maybe once or mm-hmm. twice a week. I'm on every day. But, um, but I guess, you know, obviously you're red hot, your popularity so right now, thanks to my producer here, the Lumberjack mm-hmm. himself, let, let's let Kenny know what's going on. Kenny, sure. great news. Check this out. Okay. Taz is trending. Oh, trending. Oh. Trending. <laughs> yes. There you go, Fantastic. Bro. I oh, appreciate great. it. That's good yes. stuff. That's nice right now. There we are. See, Thank brother, you, you're, you're over. Thank what we you. say Thank here is you're over like Rover. That's what we call that. So, <laughs> um, so listen, uh, before I get asking what's next for you, you know, uh, like I just said, my producer here, Dennis, right? He, he actually has like one or two questions. I normally don't let him talk to guests. I normally keep him in the corner, just keep the audio right. You know what I'm saying, bro? I but barely I, get food. Okay. <laughs> we just phone like some crackers in the corner, you know? But again, okay, uh, ask Kenny what you want. It's a pretty good question. He's hey, Kenny, I was curious. Yeah. Um, since you're, you're more known for your Japan stuff, if you were to mm-hmm. pick one match to show a fan who's maybe not familiar with your work, um, which match would you go with? To showcase, like, here's Kenny Omega in its entirety. Which match would you show them? Uh, and and you're you're talking about a match that I've had in in Japan. Oh, any match in general, but just one that you're like you're the, the match you're most proud of. Tough. That's a tough question. That's a tough, I, I, I asked yeah. the yeah. for any wrestler. That's a very tough question. That's why I don't let you talk. <laughs> See, that's so, his why. Sorry. <laughs> no, because it's uh, tough. These guys wrestled all over the place. Why would you ask my guest something like that? Damn it. Sorry. I might have to say, and I don't believe it is, you know, minute for minute, move for move, the greatest match or performance of my career, but it was perhaps one of the most pivotal. And I tried to tell kind of a story of the eras. Um, So I would say it would maybe be the G1 finals Mm. of this past year. Because I, I really tried to tell the story of how you know, the people that had come before me and influenced my career had helped me up until that point. There was, uh, it was, it was the wrestling version of my coming of age story, I suppose. Nice. And see, you, yeah. you talk a lot. I want fans to understand like what you're saying. Like a lot of times you're talking about 
stories and and that's something that you really people learn that are successful in japan to the level you are you really learn how to tell that physical story which is different than when you have 25 writers writing pre-tapes for you backstage so you have to tell a physical story ken maybe you could explain the difference kind of what i'm saying right um i i believe especially in wrestling uh, you have the opportunity to use your body more so um, than your voice, um, and sometimes, and you know, you go, you could go back to classic cinema where a lot of times, you know, films from, you know, the '40s and the '50s, they didn't have any sort of audio. They were everything was physical. Mm. You know, maybe they might have the, uh, you know, the the black screen with the the, sure. you know, the font like the oh no, yeah, the Charlie and, Chaplin and the, gimmick. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and. I I had found that as a promotion like WWE had grown and grown in size and in I guess in global do- dominance they were relying more and more on flash and substance rather than the the actual ability of the wrestlers to tell the stories. So you're saying there was a a good amount of bells and whistles and mm-hmm. a, a lot of uh, as Jr. would say to steal one of his lines a, a lot of sizzle not a lot of steak. Yeah, uh, in, and that's not to say that the wrestlers um, weren't able to tell the stories, right. You know, by their by their own merit. It's just that the shows were written that way, right? You know, they had the money, they had the means. So hey, let's throw an explosion here. It's like. Um, you know, I, I believe that Michael Bay could probably write a good movie, but he doesn't because he likes to add a ton of explosions and things that make no sense. Right. Just, you know, just for the sake of him having a, a what is known as a Michael Bay movie these days. Right. Um, and, and that's why, you know, Transformers, even though it's a great intellectual property, is are some of the worst movies of all time. And um, that's not to say that Optimus Prime is a boring character and can't have a great meaningful scene or a good fight scene. Um, it's just that it was written poorly, and um, I I find that when you're tossed out of the frying pan into the fire in a country like Japan, where it's just you, um, especially for me, they're asking me. I speak Japanese, but they want me to not communicate with the people at all. Really? Um, yep. It's just that was the one thing that they asked me to to I guess honor as part of uh, yeah. you know their sort of uh, phys- um creative input on my character oh you're a guy that's it you're just gaijin you're mm-hmm. just that's yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah i got it you're yeah. a, you're a guy that dislikes this country and its people right you are a bad guy do whatever you want to do but please just don't speak japanese i think they call Stop. that getting heat right that's what they call it <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right yeah. or wrong right you know i mean yeah and, that's, and smart. that's smart yeah. yeah yeah and their suspicion was if i was always speaking japanese at some point along the line i would become likable mm. because yeah Smart. So, I, I actually, I, I like. I think that's. It obviously worked. That their, their mm-hmm. creative actually, actually, obviously worked. Yeah, I, I do agree on that on that point. So, um, but as it relates to me, that that just means I have to use um, my body essentially. Absolutely. And if I do speak, and if if I do speak English, I have to use words in a way where people can convey the emotion by the way I pronounce them or by the way I deliver it, even if they don't understand the meaning of the word itself, they understand kind of what the intended meaning is. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I do believe that working in Japan, especially 
uh, helps someone in that in that matter. That's my point. It forces mm-hmm. you. I know what happened to me, and mm-hmm. it forces you. And I don't think folks realize they 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 have this vision of well, it's a bunch of you know Ameri- American uh, wrestlers from America or the north or, or North America sitting in a mm-hmm. locker room with a bunch of wrestlers from Japan, and they're talking about their matches with a translator. That's not what happens. Mm. Right? No, <laughs> not at all. It's separate locker room gimmick. Everything. Not at all, and uh, and kayfabe is really enforced. I know, I know. So I know, yeah. uh, we aren't really speaking or meeting or traveling with yeah. our opponents. We can't be seen in public with them. So uh, yeah, especially in, in terms of booking too. I mean, this this is actually a complete different topic. But you kind of hope that you're stabled with guys that you like because those are the guys you're going to be hanging out with all the time. You're and the, the bus, you're you... traveling, you're training. The bus, the buses are separate too, right? Japanese wrestlers, right? right. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you you want to be hoped that you're paired up with guys that you like and are friends with, because you're going to be spending every waking day on the tour with them, and those are the only people you can hang out with. So, and people, as you know, on tours over time can get on each other's nerves. It mm-hmm. happens. It's just humans. Yep. It's not just wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you're around these guys all the time. And you yep. have this brethren because everyone, you know, you guys all speak the same language, English. So these mm-hmm. are the guys you kind of, and you're, to your point, if you don't like a certain dude, he don't like you, it can lead to a couple of rough few weeks. <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it can. <laughs> yeah. But luckily in New Japan, it's a, it's the locker room is fantastic. And we haven't really had many problems. And those problems that have popped up have pretty much all disappeared, so. That's good. I, you know, I yeah. know, uh, look, like I said, man, before we went to break, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, what, what is the deal? Is Kenny Omega mm-hmm. staying with New Japan? Is Kenny Omega going to end up somewhere in America? Is he going to be, you know, is he going to be with the WWE? Is he going to be, you know, uh, in the ring uh, fighting Bobby Roode uh, at an NXT event? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I'm just saying. Like, right, right. So I, I, whatever you can say, bro, I'm not the type to press I, I don't. My okay. gimmick on this show is when I have a guest, uh, my mm-hmm. gimmick is I ask the easy questions. That's my thing. I always say that as mm. a joke because I don't. I, it's not my place to press uh, one of the boys. I, I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that done to me. But I just think I have to do my due diligence just to say if you can give any kind of uh, indication of what's next for you, I think people would dig it. Right. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I haven't been. Uh suspiciously silent because I'm trying to work anyone into thinking something that they shouldn't be. Uh, I'm usually just, if, if you ask me something, I'll be honest about it. And in this case, it's just, I, I'm not saying anything because there really isn't anything to say at this point. Um, last year we had, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. We had, uh, um, uh, Machine Gun and Gallows right. leave, and AJ, of course, the big one. Right. Um, and at that point, the company had taken steps. They it really opened their eyes to saying, like, "Oh my God, like we really have to keep these guys locked down and under contract," because normally the contracts expire on um, January thirty first. Mm. Um, but because of that situation, a lot of guys went under unique deals. And a lot of guys were signed immediately at that point, and their contract date started um, from either January 5th or 6th or 7th or 8th. A couple guys were under unique deals. I was one of them. Mm. So um, even if I were under contract, I wouldn't be on the current New Japan Tour, which is the Fantastic Mania Tour. Just generally, Bullet Club guys aren't used there. So 
it has essentially given me a time to be free. Mm, um, nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's a good feeling. <laughs> right, right. So I am um, right now free to make my own decisions. And I am, I haven't really uh, put out feelers to anyone, but I am accepting feelers and negotiating for the best scenario for me right now. And really, it's not so much a monetary figure that I'm looking for. It's, I want to, and this might sound like something uh, immature to say, but I really do want to change the business as much as I can in my own way, or at least do something with impact. Hmm. That wasn't and a hint. Whether, was it, was that, <laughs> no, 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 sorry. sorry. How are you doing? Just say it, bro. You're going to TNA. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, you broke the news. No, I'm joking. Okay. okay. You got to be careful. Okay. Got, yeah, I, I know yeah, it's early, okay. bro. I'm sorry. My yeah. Vocabulary, yeah, my vocabulary is limited. For me, um, if this is like midday. I'm wide awake. This is what I right. do. <laughs> I caught that. Okay, but. okay. Yes, yes, yes. Back what I meant. Yeah, what I meant to say was... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm trying to gauge at what my best options are right now, and you know, I also have the feeling of you know on the Japan side of things, I've come so far to almost having a complete career there. Do I end that now to pursue something else somewhere else? Because now people are talking about me, and now WWE is more receiving of you know using me in a way that I believe I could contribute. Um, it's, well, hold it's on, a, let me ask you a question right there. Now, so basically yeah. it sounds like like what you mm -hmm. said right there is interesting. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so stop me when mm -hmm. I'm wrong here. So is sure. it a deal where when you watch, uh, like we all do, the WWE programming and what mm -hmm. wrestlers are doing either in NXT or Raw SmackDown, guys from when that you were, 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 were you know, burning rubber wood on the roads in Japan, guys, uh, mm -hmm. Bullet Club guys, all this stuff, um, Certain guys you're seeing get it; they're allowed to work a certain way. I guess mm -hmm. that opens up your eyes a little bit, like, oh, things maybe have changed. As I don't again, I want to put words in your mouth. I just want to make sure that's what I think I'm getting from you. Um, a I bit. mean, it is a it is a little bit of that. Yes. Okay. Uh, more importantly, is just I don't want to just take a payday and collect the check. And it sounds crazy. Why, if if the money's there, why wouldn't I just want to sit around and collect money? I still, while I'm at least healthy, while I still have um, ideas in this crazy head of mine, I want to contribute and I want to do things that are going to make wrestling fans happy and make new people into wrestling fans that were wrestling fans before. I want to contribute in that manner. And, you know, if if a company like WWE were willing to use me in that manner, if they if they had good ideas for me and I had good ideas that jived with that, I would heavily consider that. Mm. And in, on the New Japan side of things, I've come so far, almost having the story Japanese career, coming so close to winning the most prestigious prize there, not doing it, and not having that chance to actually run the company. Um, I hate to feel like I would leave something behind that I could have completed and didn't. Um, but if the, there was a better opportunity elsewhere... And if I felt more needed elsewhere, then I would consider the other option as well. So, but in any, I was gonna say in any you event, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. right? In any event, um, no negotiations, no negotiations have ended, and um, I really have nothing official that I can report. Um, but that's just really the way that I think and approach these situations. It's not like okay, who's gonna outbid the other guy? It has nothing to do with that. It's not a money situation. 
Well, that's nice to hear because you hear that a lot, not just in the business, but in mainstream sports, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where guys are looking for the highest bidder. And I, I understand that part, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, of course. You know, some guys might maybe they didn't save their money. You know how the business is, you know, mm-hmm. and some guys, you know, you, you look, you and I came up in a business in different eras, but we have the same mindset. You got to mm-hmm. make as much as you can to a degree. Because yep. as you you know you, as you say we're not getting younger right you're an in ring competitor and this is a young man's business at the end of the day right so definitely yeah so you know how that goes so so uh, I know I don't know you as I said but I could tell um, and just by talking to a lot of guys of this current generation of wrestler like yourself uh, you're one of those obviously you guys have a, a different head on your shoulders and I mean that positively it's so different uh, and. Uh, you know, and I think no matter where you end up, uh, if you stay where you are or end up in WWE, you're going to flourish. Um, I, I, I think, you know, WWE is definitely showing that they, they, they look at this UK tournament they just did, dude. I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you kind of got a chance to watch it. I, I watched both days. Uh, they're letting guys go in there uh, and just really, oh, the 205 Live gimmick. You know, you're seeing guys work the way they want to work. And they're mm-hmm. pushing guys that are not body guys, that are not 6'9". I mean, the mm-hmm. kid who just won the U.K. gimmick is 19 years old, and, and he makes me look like Andre. I mean, you know, like, he, right, no, yeah. I'm just saying, he's, he's not a big kid, Tyler Bate. You right, know, but he's a, yeah, he's a small he's a small dude. Small yeah. dude, right, put together, muscular guy, stout guy, but he's not tall, and he's 19. You know, but he's a mm-hmm. stud, he can go, you know, so it's like, work rate is is uh, the bee's knees now, it seems, and, and you're arguably one of the best of the best right now, so... <laughs> You're I just think, yeah, I, I feel that the, the it's more open to um, what makes money, the idea of what makes money and what doesn't now. It's not necessarily, you know, you have to look like you could be on the stage at Olympia, and that's what's going to make the company money. I, I think that everyone, are, or at least the people in WWE nowadays, they are looking for all sorts of things that can draw money and attention to the company. And I think that's a great way to go about it. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Um, well, it seems like you're in a, a good position. Not that you're looking to be in that position. You're, you're looking for the best opportunity to apply your craft. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like a, like a fool, like, like money doesn't mean anything to me. Um, what I mean to say is that now, um, you know, both companies, uh, you know, we have a mutual respect for each other. And in either case, in either scenario, you know, the, the money is not an issue right now in within negotiations is all i meant to say with that not that i'm getting low ball offers from anybody um and that i don't care um it's just that now because of um my situation i really have to balance out uh what is going to be better for me in the long run at this point in time well you know what i i I, i'm sure it, it could get you don't seem like the type of cat that gets stressed out much, but as you know, when it comes time to make decisions for your career and your future and your mm-hmm. family, sometimes that can be a little stressful. So, but it seems like mm-hmm. you're the type of guy that handles it the right way. You know, um, look, you're going to go where, where where the best opportunity is and where your heart is, and and, uh, and you obviously have the interest of the fan base in, in your mindset too, which is pretty cool because, brother, you got a rabid fan base. I respect that, man. You really, uh, you really, really do. It's really cool. So. Um, and you've built that, and that goes from your passion as a wrestler, and uh, you know, I guess uh, you, you you deal with people on social media too, and you engage with them, uh, and it's it's where we are now. As uh, when you broke into business, it wasn't like that, right? It's changed, as you know. No, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah, um, the internet was barely a thing yeah. by the time I was breaking in. So, 
the name of the game has changed, and it's actually really helped me um, sort of push my product and my brand because it can reach a lot more people. You don't have to necessarily be in Japan or in a live crowd to see me do what I do. So it's it's really helped me sort of um, show my my art style yeah. to other types of people all around the world. And, um, you know, I, I do still feel that there are people that, that pick a side and they say, okay, you know what, I'm a WWE guy or I'm a Japan guy or I'm an ROH guy, TNA guy, and that's all I'm going to watch. Everything else is the enemy. But now it's sort of become a thing. Uh, it's become more typical for people just to like wrestling, and they'll watch anything as long as it's entertaining. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that I can have someone who you know predominantly watches WWE or TNA or whatever, and they can still watch my match and still find enjoyment in that. And um, I I really value those types of fans because they appreciate wrestling for just being wrestling. Well, that's cool. And um, I I I got to tell you. Um, I really do appreciate you coming on here and uh, love to have you on down the road again. I, I know you're a busy dude, you know, but um, and you got some choices to make, and, and I, I got a funny feeling you're going to make the right choice. I just got that feeling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah, man, and it'd be cool. Could you imagine before I let you go, if you guys are doing a two-sweet gimmick all together in the WWE, what the hell? That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would, it, would certainly, it would certainly be a moment, yes. <laughs> it would yes. be a moment. It'd be a moment. I don't know. I just was thinking that you might have all of pieces in place there, but I digress. We'll see. Um, all right, Kenny. Look, man, I appreciate you coming on, and and uh, and and um, you know, you've been great. It's been great talking with you, bro. Yes, great talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, and good luck to you, and uh, and and best wishes, and keep kicking ass, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See you. See you, Kenny. Bye bye. So there you bye go, uh, Kenny Omega, right there. Uh, definitely uh, great to have him on. Great to talk to him. The guy has his head together. He's a great athlete, a great worker. Uh, he's he's a money worker. He's a smart worker. He's a uh, he's obviously a smart guy. Um, he really that's the newer generation, the current generation, and he's not some green kid. This guy's been around a long time. He's a vet, you know. But he is uh, he's the real deal, man. And I gotta tell you, he was very open and honest uh, about his uh, contractual situation or whatever you want to put it. And and as far as WWE or, or p potentially talking to them and. Um, uh, you know, uh, listen, WWE, uh, they, they're, they're, let's just put it this way. Uh, they are cerebral. Pun intended. No, <laughs> I had to say that. They, they are. They're cerebral, meaning that you're not going to hear that they're, that they're going after any guy or girl. You don't hear about it. You just see a, a post right away or you see something on social media that, oh, my God, look, this guy now is in the company. This girl wrestles for them now or whatever. You know what I mean? So, um uh, it was good. Bro, bro, listen, bro, you can't be asking my guests questions like that. Like, you, you, you can't embarrass people. Not embarrass. You're embarrassing me. That's what you did. I think that was a good back and forth. See, what you do, like you said, you said, I asked the softball. So you have me come in with the hard-hitting stuff. So he's like, who's this Jamoke? And then you come in, and it's like, hey, Kenny, sorry about this idiot. Here's a layup. Okay. Listen, please. Let me control the show. Okay? Not you. Just get the audio right. No, it was a good question you asked him. I, I, you know, I, I, to please don't ever say to someone, your Japan stuff. What, what is that? What, what is he, a plumber? He's a cleaner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Japan work, your work. You're, he's applying his craft. He's an artist. This guy's a wrestler. You realize I was, that's my, I'm an artist. I was an artist. We have consequences. <laughs> we, policies. Policies. Yes, yes. And you're an artist. I am an artist. I was an artist. I was in the ring, a suplex artist. No, no. Listen to me. This Kenny Omega... I'll tell you what, if you fantasy book 
and he ends up, you know, in the WWE in any way, and they let him do his thing, that would be big. That would be big. I mean, they, they would have Nakamura. They, they would have Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles. You obviously have Anderson Gallows. You got, I'm just naming guys like uh, Austin Aries, the, 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 you know, Eric Young, guys that could go. Like I'm how, co- how cool would it be if they ran back the Bullet Club, how he took it from AJ? Oh. If they, if they like, I forgot about Finn. Yeah, he's there too. Yeah, Finn, about if Finn. they blended all that together, like, I mean, WWE usually doesn't acknowledge outside companies, but well, they've done. They've, been doing they've it. done a. They've done a better. Imagine they brought that in there. Yeah. and was like, hey, look, like this this faction outside of of our universe. Yeah. has done well, and we're gonna we're gonna bring it here, and we're gonna let the audience Dude, in. It's easy. It's easy to do to infiltrate from different angles. You have one SmackDown, one Raw, one NXT, whatever, not one, I'm saying a couple of guys here and there. And then it's a slow of a week, a slow burn that no one really sees evolving. You'd have to really sit around with a bunch of creative, some of the writers and, and do it, I mean, like the right way. You know what I mean? Like it could be done and it could be badass and you would have the elements in place in those talents that we just named. So that'd be pretty cool, man. Uh, and that was cool. I hope people enjoyed it. And uh, how are we looking on social media before I wrap the show up? Are we? Uh, let's take a look. Give us a second here, folks. Oh, boy. Let's take a look here. See what's going on. Uh, la la la. Hold on. Let me see. Wait. Well, I got this. Hold on. I'm sorry, I'm uh, wasting time for you people. Yeah, I have my. I uh, lost my uh, conniption on my schnabitz. Uh, what's going on here? Why is this thing so slow? This internet. What is going on here? Why? Why do I have slow internet? Damn it! What a way to ruin a good show. Pisses me off. I can't even get the thing working. Whatever. It don't matter. I want to thank everybody who listened or watched the show. And it was awesome that that we had Kenny Omega on. I personally want to thank Kenny Omega. Definitely. Oh, boy. Watch that. Take two. I personally want to thank... <laughs> sorry about that. personally want to thank Kenny Omega for, for real. It was great to have him on. Great talking it up with him. Uh, the kid really... I'm calling him a kid. The man really has his act together. And he's going to make the right decision no matter what that is. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you. Anybody that's new to the show, maybe fans that are uh, New Japan fans that weren't familiar with my show, or maybe you're Kenny Omega fans and you didn't really like know I had a show. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for checking it out. I'm here every day. Drops as a podcast every day. Audio on demand, as I say. Or VOD. And that'll drop in about an hour and a half or so. For everybody here at the Taz Show, want to thank you guys. I'm Taz. You're not. Talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Never feels the same cuz we've been doing our own thing trying to stay up i want to go back to days with no grades we ordered the kids meal play ball this all day now i'm stuck looking at this instagram page but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now i've been wondering where the party at cause all of my concerns got me wondering